0: For the children of Israel, whose story we have been following for weeks now, things are not going well. Forty years after Amos' prophetic words and warnings, it's gone from bad to worse. There's infighting, there's waywardness, there's fighting outward battles. They're pressed in on every side the Assyrian armies have upended the northern kingdom of Israel. And now the imperial forces trudge southward, breathing down the necks of the southern kingdom people, the people of God centered in Jerusalem. They threaten to crush and overtake. But the chosen one of Israel aren't they supposed to be a blessing to all the nations? And now they cower and they hide, they try to go unnoticed. And lo and behold, Isaiah, another prophet, rises up. The prophets before him were more blue-collar, but Isaiah grew up in the temple courts. And in that blaze of glory moment that we've already heard this morning, just when he thought he was smitten and destroyed. Fire, smoke, winged gargoyles, and the spirit shouting out marching orders to Isaiah. God burns Isaiah's lips cleanses his soul, and Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. And Isaiah goes forth from darkness, or from blazing light, into the shadows of darkness. And he speaks forth words of judgment, but then he prophesies these words of comfort and hope. There's been some scuttlebutt, shall we say, in certain circles and social media feeds over the past several weeks about how we're getting into things too early. You know what I mean? Pumpkin spice lattes on August 24th, everybody? Raise your hand if you're a fan, if that warmed the cockles of your heart. Pumpkin spice latte in the back and a few in the middle. Oh, yeah, okay, I see you. I see you. No shame, no judgment. Or people putting up Christmas decorations on November 1st. Maybe you have friends or family members, or maybe you did that. And this year, I'm not going to be judgmental about us wanting things sooner than later. Later. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so as I was thinking about these words of Isaiah this week, I was thinking, I could use a little bit of Isaiah sooner than later this year. Because usually in the course of our Christian calendar here at First Baptist, we don't start reading those Isaiah texts probably until the fourth Sunday of Advent or even on Christmas Eve service. But in the narrative lectionary that we've been walking with these past months, Isaiah comes to us on November 21st. Hurrah! Words of comfort, words of hope for a people who find themselves cloaked in darkness. And if we take a few steps back from the second reading that we just heard today, we were reminded of the world that Isaiah was prophesying into. We read that they will turn their faces upward, they will look to the earth, but they will only see distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into darkness. These were troubling times for the people of God. And we too find ourselves in troubling times. Maybe we look up or we look around or we sense darkness. We see distress. We hear words of anguish or messages of doom and gloom. The images that even have been pressed into our hearts and minds over the past year. Maybe it's, that, maybe it's that image of the Afghani people dangerously but desperately running alongside that airplane as it picks up momentum along the tarmac. Or that image of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer pleading for mercy. We see hostility in other places. Sometimes we even see it in the grocery store or on our streets. A few weeks ago, there was a group marching outside our church doors en route to the legislative grounds, and I happened to crack open our door, and I heard the amplified loudspeaker voice of someone yelling at this unsuspecting person walking through our church parking lot. You're the problem. People like you, you're the problem. And the angry crowd joined in and hurled disdain and shame on this innocent bystander. I need words of encouragement I need better images. And I believe Isaiah brings that to us. And maybe we can use these words a bit earlier this year. These promises of comfort, these prophetic words of hope. But, Isaiah says, there will be no gloom for those in anguish. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On them a light has shined. Their joy will multiply. The yoke of their burden, the rod of their oppressor, will be broken. And we read and proclaim these promises, and we know that they won't magically make things better in an instant. But the reason we speak of them, the reason we proclaim these words, is that we do believe that these promises, these prophetic words will reform us and transform our minds, our hearts, our imaginations. Because the troubles of the world wear us down. These troubling times darken our horizons and they cloud our imaginations. Even in these last days of November, it feels like uh, the shadows are conspiring against us, right? The the sun rises late, the sun sets early, six o'clock feels like midnight. I need Isaiah earlier this year. And one more promise that I want to urge us to carry with us this week as we live out of the Isaiah words and and prophetic words is this. that, That boots and garments image. The boots of the trampling warrior and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. His authority shall grow. There shall be endless peace. The Lord will uphold justice and righteousness. The boots, the garments, shall burn as fuel for the fire. The Lord will do this. This is why we need the words of Isaiah or the words of the prophets again and again and again. And we've heard from them over the past couple of weeks. We've heard Elijah. We've heard Amos. Now we hear Isaiah we'll soon hear the words of Jeremiah. And I'm going to uh, quote a writer who talks about the prophets and the way that we need the prophets in these days. Evan's going to put this quote up for those who are following by YouTube today. The prophets purge our imaginations of this world's assumptions of how life is lived, on what counts in life. Over and over again, God the Holy Spirit uses the prophets to separate his people from the lies and illusions they have become accustomed to. The prophets put us back on the path of simple faith, obedience, worship, In defiance of all that the world admires and rewards, the prophets keep us present to the presence of God. Now, that's a long quote. And you can go back and watch this on our YouTube channel and maybe take a screenshot of that quote. But for now, let's linger with that final phrase The prophets keep us present. To the presence of God. For as we practice presence, as we practice posturing ourselves being present to the presence of God, we learn or we sense or maybe we even receive images of comfort and hope from God's spirit. And so as we go into another week, what does comfort look and feel like in our lives? Comfort. How is hope playing out in your life, in your actions, in your efforts, in your vocation? Think about stories of comfort and hope this week that you can carry with you. I was reflecting on a hopeful story that has stuck with me over the past couple of weeks. It was shared by a soldier during the CBC broadcast of their Remembrance Day ceremony from Ottawa. This soldier who served two tours of duty, who was ambushed and now a double amputee, talking about serving in Afghanistan. And the interviewer asked him after 20 years how do you feel about your time in Afghanistan was it wasted time And his response was was powerful it, it stuck with me He replied the sacrifice was not in vain we gave the people time we gave them 20 years we gave six- as seven-year-old daughters and sons a chance to become 26- and 27-year-old professionals, educated, hopeful, and now connected to the Internet and creating a different future. As the Taliban, 20 years later, tries to reassert their control, it won't be as easy as it was. What are the stories of hope and comfort that we carry with us in these days? I encourage you to find strength in those stories of hope and comfort and to share them with people around you. As Isaiah speaks to us, even today, as Isaiah's words speak to our imaginations, and we pray that our imaginations would be purged of this world's assumptions. And we pray that Isaiah's words would help us on our journey, our path of simple faith, obedience, and worship so that we might practice presence, so that we might be present to God and that God might stir up in us our hearts, our minds, our souls, our imaginations images of comfort, images of hope. I want to offer us a spiritual practice as we close our time in the prophetic words today of Isaiah. Perhaps you've heard of a breath prayer or a breathing prayer. And I want us to use this phrase from the psalm that we heard right at the beginning of the service as a breathing prayer that will help us be present to the presence of God. And Gerald's going to play... And um, you're going to see or hear these phrases from Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. And I encourage you to use this as a spiritual practice this week. If you have a computer at home, um, this meditation piece will be a part of our service that you can watch on YouTube. And you can come back to this three-minute meditation where we quiet our hearts. Maybe you even... Turn your palms upward. Remember to breathe as we be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. B.